0: And we are rolling.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome back. We're back. Who's we? It's me, Matt Bacchus, and Joel Wolkowski. We took a day off because of Labor Day. We deserve it. You deserve it. Joel, how was your day off?
0: What up, breadheads? Gather round. It is time for us to join the gluten gang. You know, it's cheat day, baby. Let's carbo-load. Welcome to Hold My Bread, the $3,234 podcast. We are taking a hit this week. Happy Labor Day, people.
1: Everything's a little bit down. you know. The market was closed on Monday. That affects it. People don't think it does. It does. I actually don't know if that's true, but either way.
0: Yeah, I do have an argument that it does. I I was going to get into that today, but how are you, Matt? I haven't talked to you. You seem like you've been having a rough time.
1: It's been a lot. I uh, I'm I'm going through I'm going through it today. I rode I've ridden my bike a lot lately. I've ridden probably thirty miles in the last two days, which is not a lot for a lot That's of people. That's good therapy, me,
0: though. That's it very, was, yeah. Get you it in was touch nice. with your spirit a bit. Work out a little nice. things. Work out some calories. Work out some mental kinks.
1: Yeah, my legs are. Uh, I was in the shower. My legs were jelly. It was nice. So uh, yeah, I'm struggling. I'm going I'm going to work. I'm going back to work. I'm doing tours at Rockefeller Center, and it's really stressing me out.
0: And last I talked to you, you weren't going back to work. What happened there?
1: I, I don't. I mean, they like I went from being furloughed to fired, and then from that point forward, then they, I made peace with the fact that I needed to find a new job. And then they, they called me and they were like, "Come back to work." And so, and then I went back to work, and I was I missed out on. $200 worth of shows, four shows, 200 bucks. I missed out, and I missed out on the opportunity to hang and to do the shows, and my schedule is terrible. My schedule, they, they are scheduling me Thursday through Sunday, one thirty to 8.30, just the worst. That's and, a, um, not
0: an ideal schedule by any means. Anything you would want to do are in those hours. Yeah, so
1: between missing out on like shows and... The weekend show, I mean, I'm doing shows throughout the week. I'm doing Monday, Tuesday. Or I'm doing Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, or whatever. Monday, Tuesday shows. But all the good ones or the best ones are on, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Those are all the big ones. The the Central Park shows, where there's like 75, 80 people. Those are all the weekend shows. And I'm going, not only am I going back to work, but I'm back at work. And nobody is really coming in. There's. I'm giving tours to like one person, two people, three people. Uh, I've had... Well, I've been back at for four days and I had one tour canceled every one of those days.
0: And how many tours have you had?
1: I've had two, four, six, I've had eight tours.
0: Okay. So not great. That's not metrics. And you know, you are the example of a worker who's really getting put through the ringer by just the country, just turning a corner with reopening. Optimism is running high and you know, Poor Maddie. He he has to go back to these jobs. He's not in charge of his hours. And of course, if he says no, he'll lose his unemployment. So he's damned if he does, he's damned if he doesn't. But Right, exactly. You know, we all got to work hard. I think everyone's just, there's some in the air. Everyone's just overwhelmed a little down right now. I personally, I Matt helped me move. He did a great job with that but you know, I'm moving. I got the girl's birthday. I'm starting business school. I'm on a whole involved show. And I, I, I got a concussion while I'm doing the whole damn thing. Like I've had a headache for like, it subsided, but 11 days straight. So it's truly some chaotic, weird energies out in the world today. But I did, I did have like a, 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 exercise i wanted to put you through matt i learned this in my organizational behavior class
1: i'm ready for it
0: you know we talked to a friend of ours about how he's he's a cruise ship comedian and he's like well i don't know how i'm going to go to a cruise ship so i got to thinking about you know how does a cruise ship they they rely on these people for entertainment they placate they set the entire atmosphere uh-huh. and you're kind of in a similar position at a a pretty vaunted tourist establishment so like you're integral to the customer experience. Like, for sure. For sure. And this is the com- only
1: tour guide. I, I'm 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 it. I'm the guy there. So and I am running the tours. I don't really have I mean I have a manager, but like when it comes down to it, it's just me and the group.
0: And you're kind of like a flagship employee of a premium like international brand. And you're being put back to work to provide a positive atmosphere without anything to put you at ease anything to make you feel comfortable and you're kind of seeing that dynamic emerge all over the country and i i'm sorry to see you do the brunt of it
1: yeah it's interesting because i didn't really it's when i accepted to go back to work like you said i didn't really have a choice because i'm going to lose my unemployment um there's potential that these shows obviously stop once the weather gets bad so it's like i can't you know I can't do that. So I didn't really um, know what I was signing up for when I agreed to it. And it's been a very long couple of days.
0: Yeah. And I think that like this, the behavior of these organizations, like they need to welcome you back. They need to put you at ease. And like in many circumstances, like a guy bitching about his schedule or being slow, like, that's just crying over spilled milk. But in these circumstances, seeing the way you're kind of being manipulated and, like, leveraged in this situation, it kind of shows you the inherent, like, unethical qualities of the American workforce right now.
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I figured it out to where, like, they Are not losing any money by bringing me in. Really, I mean, they're paying me, but they're not really losing money because I'm a one man operation. There's no really uh, a lot, not a lot of equipment. It doesn't cost them almost anything to have me working.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's kind of a disposable position. So, like, it's, it's. I'm sure you're great at it, and you'd bring your unique qualities. But you know, it's a revolving door. There's high turnover. Right. So all I have to you, the only bit of advice I have, I know you're in a bad state, but I I, I learned about Festinger's cognitive dissonance exam, right? And it's like, if someone tells you you're going to have a great day, a great experience before you go into something, odds are you're going to have it. So you let me know your schedule. I'll set a little alarm and I will text you like, hey, you're gonna have a good time. It's awesome there. You're gonna have the best view of the city and we're gonna see if it works.
1: Okay, yeah, definitely. I'll text you. Um, yeah, I'll text you every night before I go in, every night before I go to bed, I'm like, hey, just so you know, I have to go to work in the morning and you can text me in the morning.
0: Or yeah. in the
1: afternoon, not even in the morning, in the early afternoon.
0: Yeah, see, so it works out for everybody. Maybe we'll do an experiment, and uh, maybe it'll work out for us, huh?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I'm ready. I've heard of like cognitive dissonance, and but I thought a cognitive dissonance was like when something like when you're when you're when somebody is not knows what's good for them but won't do it, sort of thing.
0: A little bit, but it's about like thinking the opposite way of how you should feel. Oh, okay. Like there's a separation, you know. I think like that's aware. what it is. Again, okay. I will I will give the caveat that I had a concussion during this this lesson.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's all good others. And besides, big money is just around the corner for us. I guarantee that because I got the idea, Maddie, and it is the social justice hedge fund, the defund the police fund. How about that?
1: The defund the police fund. I do like the sound of that.
0: Yeah. So um basically, as we've kind of seen with a lot of these stocks, it's just based on public perception. So if we make these people who are just trading on Robinhood buy into these like kind of like social justice stocks, we'll we'll tie them to something. We'll get some nonprofit equity and we'll just grow the margins and it'll Mm -hmm. just, we'll, we'll create the consumer excitement and we'll channel that excitement into the fund. And when shares are purchased, it'll go up in value. We'll just, as long as the excitement stays; it'll keep be, being worth more. I think this is a pyramid scheme. I, what I'm describing is definitely fraud of some nature. But you know, it shows I'm thinking in the right direction.
1: Here. <laughs> definitely fraud of
0: some nature.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 all about levels. What level is it? Everyone's being defrauded to a degree in some cases,
0: and, and we're all being defrauded. I mean, we've been talking about this podcast the entire time about. And that's kind of how I arrange this episode. I think we're being lied to, Matt. I I swear to you, looking at the news news cycle, the way information comes out is just so shady to me. So we've been talking for a long time about how these stocks are overvalued. Five companies shouldn't make up like, a quarter of the u.s economy i think we can all agree <laughs> that might be a bad thing yeah so, that could
1: uh, i'm not an expert but that could go badly down the line at some point i'm sure
0: yeah and uh <laughs> you know so last friday like stocks declined like six percent over two days and then th- something interesting happened in the past couple days that i want to talk about tesla actually uh, like it's gone down largely because of much of the speculation was that they would be included in the S&P 500 and they were actually left out right you know right. the com- you know the companies that took its place
1: i actually don't but it's funny cuz we just talked last week i think it was last week's episode we talked about um companies being excluded from the S&P and what companies took their place and i think we expected tesla to obviously be in there but i didn't see which was um, which took their place
0: yeah. So the ones that took the place, there was uh pharmaceutical company, Catalent, There was technology firm, Teradyne and online marketplace Etsy. And as a, as a Tesla shareholder, I got to apologize to you because I did buy something off Etsy in the past few weeks. And I think I'm what pushed them over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> they were, They were one sale short of being on the S&P and they were like, we got it. Joel Wachowski came through. It was a big purchase. It's the most expensive thing I've ever bought on Etsy. And I I bought an engagement ring on there once. (laughs) What did you buy off Etsy recently? I bought my father-in-law to be a high-end Settlers of Catan game set.
1: He He's also a, likes Settlers of Catan.
0: Everyone in my life loves Settlers of Catan. It's a joy. I. I can't wait with to come over and play the expansion. Oh, it's the the expansion is so complicated. You would not believe it.
1: Uh, it, it I mean, look, I just mind. looked at the box and was like, I don't know about this.
0: There's like 14 different versions of gameplay. It's crazy. So, anyway, enough about Settlers of Catan, the second greatest game ever made. Um, <laughs>
1: First being basketball.
0: First being basketball. Of greatest course. Canadian contribution. you know. And I will recommend to anyone, if you ever visit Springfield, Massachusetts, the Basketball Hall of Fame is next to a water park. So just putting that out there. So Ooh. Tesla shares dropped 21% today. It's their biggest one they fall on record. And I mean, it's fine. Stocks still quadrupled this year, even though it's down 34% in September. But the market value, had ballooned to three hundred and eight billion dollars, making it one of the biggest companies in the world. And you know, we talk about how companies, like these big investors, have sat out the the stock market resurgence while we're all kind of us Robinhood traders. We're lifting up the market, and a lot of these Tesla shares, like this fall, was felt on Robinhood and personal TD Ameritrade accounts way more than. Uh, by any institutional firm. So, this is one where the public was absolutely taken for a ride here.
1: It kind of goes with your defund the police fund sort of thing. It's like if you get enough people, it can really create a problem.
0: Yeah. And we've all kind of watched Tesla's stock go up. It is, it has, a, it's a company that has the potential to change the world. And, You know what? Um, That's great. It could get there. We've had these conversations before, but just the like consumer excitement had really crossed over, and it was all kind of fueled by reporting and talk of this S and P five hundred thing. So the way absolutely
1: there was a big lead up to that.
0: Yeah. So I think there is something to like when we invest in this. Like I got burned in the same way. Like I fell for bad bad information this week and I got duped by it so I I've read a Yahoo finance story I think you brought it to my attention about our old favorite company Ameren right tell 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 our new mm-hmm. listeners I know we got a few from the writers what Amer- Ameren is
1: oh right so Amarin is one of the one of the the tale's oldest time for this podcast we got a tip from um I guest on the podcast um
0: we'll give you a hint he gave us coronavirus
1: yeah 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 and he said hey this is something weirdo yeah big head likes to play basketball used to be good now is average um (laughs) and he gave us just a little tip about hey maybe you should look into this and give it some thought and we did and then uh, we wrote it and we wrote it and we wrote it up and up and up and we were like this is incredible and right when they were on the verge of being approved for something there was a big lawsuit filed against them and they lost the patent and it sent the shares from what was it 28 29 down to like nine or ten and we were like oh it'll be okay we'll come back and then we kind of held or at least me personally held 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 and then a couple of days ago i send you an article about how they're like going to court to open up a case to and have it overturned. Case,
0: it was the same appeal that was heard that, that, that it fell back in December. It was a, a patent lawsuit that some generic drugs had against it. And it was presented to the public in the story you sent me, like something of a coin flip. The uh-huh. estimates I said were like, you know, it'll sell for it is a 55% chance and it could go up to $30 so i broke my rule i got our 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 friend sleazy Richie and i had him put buy some options for me and i don't know if you followed this the 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 trial but it was apparently the worst court trial that any any company's ever had the other company laid out their case and the judge, who's deciding it, didn't ask a single question in response, which is unheard of in this sort of thing. Right.
1: Uh, I did not uh, see the details, but I did see that it didn't go well. And I also saw that before I even checked the stories, I just checked the stock price, and it was like down to like $3. And I was like, oh, things did not go our way today.
0: Yeah, I have a, a $7 target for October 4th, so... Here's hoping. I mean, what's happened to this country? A pharmaceutical company can't even fix a patent trial anymore? You know, immediately <laughs> yeah. falling down the tubes.
1: Yeah, what's going on when a pharmaceutical company can't even uh scheme their way back to the top?
0: Yeah, so that was me being burned by the same thing. So back to the Tesla thing. So they're they're maybe gonna join the index. Um, they would be the biggest company to ever join it. They're worth nine times what all the admitted companies are. And you know what? Tesla was the most widely purchased stock in July on TD Ameritrade, widest purchased one on Robinhood. And like every analyst was warning about this. And, you know, the story played out like they wanted it to. The hand of the market yeah. was all over this one.
1: Yeah. And it's one of those things where there are certainly some people, I believe, and again, I feel like we verge on conspiracy theory stuff a little bit. Um, It's been a lot more lately, but there's definitely people that saw that coming and people definitely made money off that.
0: Yeah, sorry, it is a little bit too much conspiracy theory now, but you know that's what we get when Reddit is one of our news sources. So whatever. <laughs> but
1: we did not only Reddit, but we're, the the Reddit's we follow specifically.
0: But you know, I this is I don't know if this is a is a conspiracy theory because it is it's just a pattern of how news is reported. And like, think about it, like. I think the sports media is kind of pumped up to have even even money on both sides of the bets. And why would this be any different?
1: That's a very good way to look at it. Though, uh, when you, when you say like that, I mean, cause when it comes down to it, even though some sports stuff can verge on appearing to be conspiracy because sometimes the numbers are so correct and the numbers, the odds are so perfect. And the spreads are so perfect. It's like so crazy, but I guess there are just people out there that are so good at their job that you know, they're so good at something that it makes it look like they're cheating, sort of thing.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I am a sports handicapper. And like, who's the most hyped up basketball player? LeBron James. And Who have I had the most difficulty betting on through my entire career? LeBron James. It's not a coincidence, you know? Right, right. Okay. So back in stocks are falling. And I think it actually makes sense that stocks fall now just by virtue of the calendar. Like, you look at the holidays, you look at the summer spending season, this is the valley right in between them. And I did see some interesting figures put out by the Economic Policy Institute, our friends with the graphs. And it was just <laughs> about the the share of income going to the top 10% of people and the amount of union membership. And you could see a huge correlation. And like, the amount of people in not in unions is just pretty disheartening right now And like that kind of fuels the gap between labor and compensation that has just increased like crazy since 1978.
1: Mm -hmm. Like. Yeah, I, I mean, isn't it, it's nothing unique, but I just remember growing up in high school and middle school and you hear unions and people are like against unions and then you get older and you learn what they are and you're like, oh, that doesn't seem like it's such a bad thing. Doesn't seem like it would be a bad move uh, for people to have, you know, unity and be protected from uh, shit. This graph is uh, wild. We'll have to put this graph on. Um, we'll put this graph on Instagram.
0: Yeah, and like even when I was reading the report, sorry, I had to plug in my computer because the battery's yeah, it's okay. a little wonky these days. Spilled it's the okay. kombucha, you know me, getting crazy yeah, the with the fermented tea around the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> But this uh, this place, the Economic Policy Institute, a place whose data I've come to have a lot of respect for. They argue that the U.S. economy, as it designed, only worked for about two and a half decades. So that's just a figure that's given me a little skepticism.
1: Yeah, two and a half decades is all. That's all they consider to have been a success.
0: Yeah, and like Americans believe, like a rising tide should re- should lift all boats. The economy expands, everyone reaps the rewards, and you know, that were, that was the case from like the late 1940s to they argued 1978. And a lot of that is correlated with unions. And, you know, we've just kind of had this. Now we live in this world where we work all the time and no one has any money. Matt, you exemplify this. You're probably, yeah, your exact- work, it's coming full circle. The conspiracy theories are part of a greater story. <laughs>
1: it's true I, w- I mean god imagine me in the 40s oh what a life i would live i bet i'd probably would have died at birth
0: <laughs> uh, we are but yeah i mean we don't have any money but we didn't have to fight in any wars so i think it kind of evens out <laughs>
1: that's true that's that is true i'll take that that's fair i wouldn't have done uh well in world war ii maybe one one i could do okay and... yeah you one, no, you're thin no one could
0: get you with a bayonet <laughs>
1: Exactly, I'm very shifty. I can move to my left and my right, and I got I can move my abs like Shakira. And you can be you know, it's great. I also look good on a horse.
0: Yeah, I'd be terrible. I'd be first one out. I would be the battering ram of the front line.
1: Yeah, you're too big to fit in a foxhole. No,
0: absolutely, I'm, I'm not <laughs> made for it. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's interesting. I did not realize that 1940 to 1978 was such a that's like Boomer Central right there.
0: That's right. They they got all the good stuff. And like, here we are, we're scrapping around. And I did well, kind of was- see, I, it, I and then not to go back into the media thing, but I did see one example that was just a little on the nose. So Friday, Business Insider runs this big thing on how American automakers aren't embracing technology. And they're they're going to be overtaken by all these EV firms, and it's the opinion of Wall Street. And sure, that's all well and good. That's a fair perspective, but come today, GM announced a partnership with Nikola, which is like the trendiest, hip hippest, like Robin Hood ass stock there is. Right. And rival like, to Tesla. Yeah, rival to Tesla, and like they're getting a little piece of this hype machine just when it was saying like oh they're never going to have any relationship so they're it's kind of right. cool they're actually going to make and distribute their big pickup truck and now they have an ownership stake in 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 nicola that's pretty interesting
1: yeah i mean it's kind of like when we talked about uh these car these companies in china as being associated with the chinese government they're not going to let them fail gm is now having heavily invested gm is not going to fail and i would be blown away
0: absolutely and not to be outdone ford company the ever forward thinking like brilliant family that are the fords who run my beloved detroit lions they announced that they are going to have robot dogs working in their auto plants
1: (laughs) oh cool those boston dynamic dogs that do backflips
0: yeah, they're going to do the work of Ford engineers so they can stay at their desks more. We live in hell.
1: Oh, I thought it was going to be to chase down anyone trying to escape from the factories. We
0: haven't, we haven't hit that level yet, but we'll get there soon. And the one thing that really made me doubt the health of the Ford company is they said in this article, these robot dogs cost $75,000. Ford, lea- Ford is leasing it. <laughs>
1: Not even, not even. Maybe it's a lease to own sort of thing, where if they like it, they can keep it down the line. How much is a uh, truck? Is that about? That's about the price of one of their trucks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You could get that, or you can ride around with a little robot dog. Choice is yours, Playboy.
1: (laughs) That's gonna be the way I get around Brooklyn. I'm done riding my bike. My legs are too sore. I'm gonna be galloping around on a robot dog.
0: Hey, there are worse ways to go through life. That's absolutely true. It's true.
1: Well, here's the thing you were looking at. Did you already want to talk about this or do we move on from this? But in the outline, the productivity versus the pay tracker thing. I think it's very interesting. I think it's interesting. I think it's very interesting because that's like a thing that you hear people throw around. It's a very like... Um, I don't know when I say new agey is not the word, but because like, everyone's always been trying to be pro, pro, make productiveness a thing. But like we've gotten to a point now where as a society, they've streamlined so many processes with different, so many different jobs and so many things have been um, made to be easier and to cut, to work up productivity and productivity has increased a ton. And the hourly pay these people are making has not increased at all
0: yeah i think it's a threshold of 6 to 1 of which uh productivity outweighs wages and you know that's problematic and there's a lot of things that need to be addressed in our workforce and like it will be interesting to see you know there will be a bill of goods for this like it just feels like we've kind of been segmented where we kind of work all the time and you know i think the uber trial will be a referendum
1: there's like a um, taking your home your work home with you that happens way more now than it ever has I would imagine uh, given that people are working from home obviously but even before that even before people were working from home people are definitely working more um, and the, I saw this this remind me this kind of fits in the same thing but the whole rent being raised and the average pay for CEOs being raised and minimum wage staying the same. For the most part, you know, raising slowly the disparity in those things—it's crazy. Minimum wage and productivity, or minimum wage and um, the hourly pay versus like productivity and bonuses to people going up can't be—it can't be this way forever.
0: Yeah, it's just like there are, but there's not ever been any meaningful legislation in it. And like, not to get too left as weirdo, but a Biden Harris. Presidency does bode well for the establishment, and with the with the Dems, the progressive agenda once again gets pushed to the back of the line. So, you know, we are we are, we are built on growth as a country, and Wall Street is what steers that growth. I mean, the bottom line is the priority for the whole machine is to increase the balance in your four hundred one k. Right. And, and like we've seen it falsely inflated over since april like we have 30 plus million unemployed we have a homelessness epidemic no one's happy and yet stocks are at all time high prices that's not going to be the case it's got to go down and we also know that this is all tied to the calendar it's going to go down when if biden is elected as well so well, I've heard rumors, a lot of people have talked
1: about him, not even rumors, I've heard people talking about how, you know, everyone says that when a, if if he wins and whenever Democrat is elected that the market slides. Um, but I've also heard people talking about one of the reasons that they don't want him to win is because, they're, because he's going to try and implement different taxes on Wall Street and different stock market stuff. And he's really going to try and put a boot on them a little bit and uh, – push some money out in different ways, and I'm curious to see what that looks like and wh- what effect that will have.
0: Yeah, and that, that that's where cabinet appointments become important, and that's why you're seeing lobbyist activity against Elizabeth Warren, who is like the most prominent politician who's identified themselves as an opponent of the banks, and like she's got a shot right. to do some real work. And, you know, there is that precedent, because Obama did pass the Stock Act, which, well blatantly abused in the past year is a great Uh idea in its nature
1: (laughs) good intentions
0: yeah you can we can't catch you insider trading well if we do we you can just say you weren't you can sell all your stock and it'll be just fine
1: well you know the
0: um oh shit let me find it
1: I saw, talking about insider trading, I thought this was very interesting. Uh, let me find it. It has to do with Tesla. Oh, yeah. Elon Musk's brother, Kimball. Uh, Kimball made more than $8 million selling Tesla shares two days before he bought them. In- Ooh. Just interesting.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it, I, but it, put, put, I know CEOs get bad Bad names for a lot of things. But insider trading, honestly, put yourself in their shoes. I would be giving out insider trading tips left and right. Me and all my friends would be in a beautiful white-collar prison together. (laughs)
1: Well, you know, there's a famous story about um, when John D. Rockefeller broke up, uh, when they broke up Standard Oil, he knew it was coming, and there was a priest that he told. He was playing golf with his priest And he told the priest, do you own stock in any of these? And he said, no. And he said, you probably should. And uh, I mean, he made a fuckload. I don't know if he did it, but if he'd done it, he would have made a shitload of money off of it.
0: Who is this golfing priest?
1: Yeah, you know, the swinging father, you know, forefather.
0: I don't know. That's the only time a priest is interested in something with the word 18 and holes in it. Uh, hey, hey, that's a good, that's funny. That's just good, clean fun right there. Yeah, that's a good one. Come on. He's quick on his feet, even though it's late, the kid's tired, the brain is scrambled, but we are nonetheless talking about the economy. Um, there is one company that <laughs> destroyed the, the, the pandemic that insiders are calling the face of the new economy, and that is my favorite the brand I stand more than any other. Congratulations, Domino's Pizza! And uh, honestly, we all know if you've listened to Pod, you know the difficulties I've had subscribing to the Wall Street Journal, it feels like a hallowed den <laughs> of finance. And I finally get my Wall Street Journal subscription active. First articles about Domino's Pizza, perfect. <laughs>
1: that's what they were waiting on that's why they didn't give it to you they were like we gotta wait to get joel this until we have the perfect article to really reel him in
0: yeah that's like you finally get to go to the playboy mansion they're serving cheetos
1: (laughs) (laughs) i almost bought Domino's tonight i was so i've just been riding my bike so much i rode my bike from tonight oh i rode from uh cedar hill like 79th and fifth avenue back to bushwick and uh I was like, man, I would love to order a Domino's pizza and just inhale it and then fall asleep. And I was too hungry. I stopped at the bodega and got a sandwich. But I really did think about like, man, I'm just going to get some Domino's and eat until I feel sick.
0: Yeah, because it's hot, it's soft, it's consistent. Yeah, exactly. As early as last year, you talk about people being tipped off. Domino's was developing technology where you could just have a contactless pizza pickup. So when this, this shit all hit the fan, like Domino's had the technology that had been developing a way for you to just have a, have a pie left on the trunk of your car. It's a beautiful thing. Couldn't be more well-suited. Uh, do you remember when they, they had those pizza cars? Pizza cars? I've taken photos with them before. That's for damn sure. I see a it's Domino's like a, pizza
1: <laughs> The cars where they have like the ovens inside or whatever?
0: Oh yeah, they did have that. See, they're always innovating. And people yeah. ask people ask me, Joel, you love Domino's. No one talks about how it's hot, soft, consistent more than you. We know you're a fan. What do you own stock? And no, I don't. And the fact of the Why matter don't we? it, Well I don't because my distant cousin founded Domino's Pizza.
1: Oh, so that, I did know that i think
0: yeah so that was a family company they grew it but then they sold it and they gave all the money to the catholic church and it's like if i get like 10 shares of Domino's, you know it won't be what it could have been we could have definitely had a bigger slice of that pie pun intended
1: yeah you could have had all the dipping sauces you wanted
0: yeah, they do have the best dipping sauce in the game. Domino's needs to expand. They got to sell their dipping sauces separately.
1: That's a good idea. I don't know why more places don't do that. I think you can go to Chick-fil-A and you can just buy Chick-fil-A sauce. And I think you can, I don't know why more places don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, Why wouldn't you want to, I don't know why you wouldn't wouldn't want that as an option.
0: Yeah. You got to step up those revenue streams, dog.
1: Yeah. Diversify your business. Yeah. Let me dip my McDonald's nuggets in your
0: sauce. Yeah, more freaking sauces. That's the way to do it. Um yeah, I don't I think it seems like a good
1: business idea to me. It's also good for the brand.
0: Yeah, we'll do that with our social justice hedge fund money. With that will be one of, of Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, baby. Take the ready. I was going to
1: say speaking of the brand, um I know you're not too, you don't really give too much of a shit about fashion or maybe even rap music, but
0: um, Travis Scott, did you, do you know about Travis Scott? I know who Travis Scott is. I've do you know about it it eighteen I know he's got a, he, he has all the sneakers and now he has a hamburger.
1: The hamburger came out today.
0: <laughs> What's special about the Travis Scott hamburger?
1: Well, I, um, I that's it, supposedly what he eats.
0: Does it I don't have a Houston style barbecue on it? It does have barbecue sauce on it. See, I thought I thought there'd be a Houston connection. Yeah, you you're a, absolutely right. Did you get a Travis Scott burger?
1: I didn't get one. I don't think I'll be able to get one. But I, before we start recording, I was looking at his website, and I this is what I do. This is why I have so many shoes and things because whenever I'm going through something or like feeling bad i like buy a pair of shoes or i buy something to make me feel better and i'm looking at as we speak as we record i'm looking at a travis scott branded uh i'm loving it mcdonald's lunch tray (laughs)
0: oh no and it's
1: it's thirty dollars it's 13 by nine and a uh, nine yeah nine and a half um it's got i'm loving it scratched into it i thought it'd be cool to have as a little rolling tray for my weed and uh I'm really fighting urge to buy it,
0: man. No one has done. I mean, Jay-Z was a rapper and became a businessman. Travis Scott just became a business. He's branded with all of the best companies in this country off like the strength of what two good albums. That's insane. Like props to that guy. Like he has a PhD in business, incredible stuff from that dude. $90
1: nugget body pillow. $45 Forty five dollar Cactus Jack lunchbox.
0: Ninety dollar nugget uh, body pillow.
1: Yeah, it looks it looks like a nugget.
0: Well you can order it in the app. Uh
1: no, I'm looking at his website. All American ninety two basketball, seventy to five dollars. A Captain Jack oh holy listen to this. Cactus Jack styrofoam cup, a ten pack is
0: twenty five dollars. Wow. He's
1: got some He's got some cool shorts. There's some really cool shorts, but they're like $75. And I don't really wear shorts anyway, but they are cool shorts.
0: But, but I also feel you... weird. And how did he take over the name Cactus Jack? That's like a blue collar wrestler. How did... Is Mick Foley a part of this?
1: I don't know. That is a good point. But his whole brand is Cactus Jack stuff. And I don't know, there's just something weird to me about like, I am all about like cool branding and you know, wearing a logo. But there is something very strange to me about wearing a McDonald's logo on anything you own. If you don't work at McDonald's, and you have McDonald's on your uniform, there's something weird about you.
0: Yeah, but like the coolness and capitalism, like growing up, I was kind of a 90s baby. So there was a division, like you sold out. And now like the hippest man in the world is McDonald's. That's the brand. He could do anything he was. He became McDonald's.
1: It is weird, man. Uh, cactus Jack menu rug, $250 for this rug.
0: Yeah, I'm scrolling through the merch right now. And it is there's so much for sale. It's absolutely I like, good. You can get the illustration shorts—the black, the blue, and the gray shorts, or the blue and brown shorts. They're kind of cool. You can get two different pairs of Travis Scott McDonald's jorts. <sighs>
1: <laughs> a lot of denim. Um, yeah, I yeah, I, so.
0: I almost have a birthday coming up. Get me those jorts. Uh, I don't
1: Go know ahead. if they have them in the huge.
0: Yeah. Well, I got little legs and I will, I should announce that I am lying about my age moving forward. So we, I'll, I won't be having a birthday. I will be reverting back to 31 actually. And, you oh, know, nice. even,
1: you're still older than me. That's nice.
0: Yeah. I'm going to stay in the eighties, but I, I do feel like I drink enough water. So it's okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. hundred percent. I, uh, that's one of the reasons, that's one of my big motivations for drinking so much water.
0: Yeah, you can lie about your, your age. You too yeah. can. If you can't, if you can't be McDonald's, you can at least be thirty-one. That's that's my motto.
1: Yeah. Well, so after we get record this, that's the thing too. Is if I'm gonna work, I want to spend some money. Um, I want to spend some of this money I'm earning.
0: Well, Otherwise, spend, what am I doing it for? Go spend your money.
1: I think I'm gonna buy that cactus. Did you see the tray I was talking about? I did not see
0: the tray. I saw about 600 other items. Yeah. I think I'm going to get that tray. All right. Well, Matt's going to buy a tray. Normally we recommend a stock to buy, but you know, I think Matt's a little down and we've, we understand why. And I haven't sent him my encouragement text yet. So we have yet to do that experiment. So he's going to buy a tray.
1: Yeah. Well, Hey, before we end the podcast, didn't you want to do that? Didn't you want to do a test with me?
0: Oh yeah, I do. I have to pull up a PowerPoint. This is We this is-
1: we opened the show with it and then we were gonna not do it the whole episode.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's hard to have a PowerPoint. My computer was very taxed today, you know? Yeah, you've been working hard. I've been working my ass off. I've I've had to build the set for this new show. By the way, The Walk On. We launch tomorrow, September 9th. It will be a live stream that you can join on Twitch or on the Props Network, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube pages. And it'll be available the next day as a podcast. I will be doing long form sports gambling comedy stuff there. And uh, maybe there's something more to it with Matt that we'll talk about off the air
1: oh what
0: okay so do i have to look at
1: this powerpoint no okay good this is gonna make me look stupid
0: no it's not okay
1: good i can't take it right now i can't take it
0: (laughs) so how would you describe your organizational commitment
1: what uh do i have options
0: yeah how do you feel
1: my commitment to what? Organization?
0: The organization you work for.
1: Oh, oh, you mean like the job I just got back to? Yeah. Um, I'm. Well, I'll be honest. The last couple of weeks before, if you asked me this question before the pandemic, I would have given you a pretty good answer because I feel like they were pretty good to me. Um, but lately it's very strained because to go from furloughed to fired and then within a couple of weeks, they're like, hey, we need you to come back and also give us all your time. So not great.
0: So before you were maybe, you were, you felt like loyal to this organization and now you work for them, right?
1: Yeah, I would say that for sure.
0: Yeah. So that's actually a big shift. So you see a a total paradigm shift in like, there are these designations of central job attitude. And, you know, that kind of just follows the idea that like, if you were to misbehave at work rather than looking at this action Matt took, it would look at the macro of like what actually caused these behaviors. Cause when companies are, this is actually just, it's not, this is just a sign of mismanagement more than anything else. So you need to kind of like, you know, ask yourself what could make you satisfied in this job? Uh, Break it down into what the goal is to be satisfied with how we earn a living what what conditions would have to change for you to do it oh that's an easy answer i have an easy answer for that if i
1: could just like if i could just have the hours that i wanted and be able to do comedy when i wanted it would not be a problem if i was there in the mornings um for like 4 days a week 5 days a week whatever if i was there in the mornings i got off early to do shows and stuff it'd be great that's the thing. Is like it's a couple of situations that could potentially change in the future. So I don't want to be too upset about it. But in the
0: moment, it's very it's very difficult. Yeah. So it's just temporary. So it's just things to keep an eye on. You know. So like kind of asking yourself like what's wrong with this situation, rather than being mad, just kind of wonder what the improvement would be, and then it becomes like a temporary state. Even in you talking about it, like your perspective kind of shifted to you hate your job, whatever. To oh, it's it'll it might get better.
1: Right, I mean, it, I hate it now, but who knows if I'll hate it in two months. Yeah. So, who knows if I'll be there in two months, I don't know. Things with comedy could pick up. I don't even know what's going on. Things, things are interesting, lots of stuff is happening in the city with us, with, with, with New York, with stand-up. It's, it's stand-up New York, things are going crazy.
0: Yeah, They're gonna start going... doing shows in, in LA. Oh, wow, so they own the, out, the outdoor comedy market and it's good of them to pivot
1: they're that's the move They're um i don't know if i'm actually supposed to talk about that or not but uh they're definitely planning on moving shows to la so your boy might be coming to la in the fall really w- wow that's when awesome they, when they kick off some shows when they start launching shows in la depending on how things go depending if they put out the f- the many fires literal and figurative um so who who knows we'll see
0: <laughs> look look who's on the road team what a guy
1: yeah, dude, I'm out here Anybody? grinding. I'm putting. I'm getting my. I'm getting mine. You know what I mean?
0: Well, will will. Do you have any park dates coming up?
1: Uh, I will be. Well, we're putting this out right away. So I'm gonna be in um, Wagner Park tomorrow, which is, Where is Wagner Park. So, Wagner Park is like it's basically Battery Park. Uh, it's great. It's a beautiful view of um, the Statue of Liberty. The show is gonna be beautiful because the weather will be nice. It'll be the sun will be setting. Um, so what is I don't even know what today is but we're putting this out on so September 9th Batter, Wagner Park tomorrow uh, or today if you're hearing it whatever September 9th Wagner Park probably about 6 o'clock uh, I'll be there it's gonna be great I did a show tonight I did a show yesterday the shows are great everyone that all the comedians that do them are like super into them and it's beautiful it's a good experience so I'll be there other than that I don't have much because I gotta go back to work on Thursday
0: we will get it we will get through this together baby thanks for listening to hold my bread we will be back next week
1: bye